We're here today. It's a, a cold day outside, isn't it? But we're glad to be in a place where there's warm fellowship. We're, we uh, welcome everyone today. Uh, we welcome our guests especially. We're glad that you're here and hope that God will bless you in a very special way. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets. We'd like to ask if you would, wouldn't mind uh, uh, filling those out so we can have a record of your uh, attendance with us this morning. We would appreciate it. And uh, just to bring you up to date with a couple of things. First of all, we will be resuming our Wednesday activities this week. Um, we dispensed with those last week. It was kind of an a, a easy week for us. Wanted to kind of take a break at the end of the year, but we'll be resuming that uh, full throttle beginning Wednesday. We'll have our, our Wednesday supper at 545 and then our Bible study at 630. So we invite you to be a part of that. Also, uh, coming up, uh, you'll, you'll notice in your bulletin, we're going to be starting a, a new series. Nora is going to be leading a series called Run for God. Um, you, you may know that Nora has uh, been doing some run walks for uh, 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, half marathons. She's been doing some really... She's been doing some really cool things. I think she, you went through this, right? This, this yes. series. She went through this series. It's uh, uh, to prepare for running 5Ks, and and we're going to start that here. Um, let's see, the 17th, I believe it is, on on Wednesday afternoons at five o'clock. And and this is to prepare to do the the 5K walk that will benefit Habitat in the spring, and um, and this is a preparation. Preparation, not only physically but also spiritually. So, uh, if you're interested in being a part of that, then uh, please please come and be a part of that. Also, on behalf of the staff here at Community Baptist Church, I want to thank everyone for our Christmas gifts. Uh, we appreciate you and your encour- encouragement and your love is is so much appreciated by each of us. We uh, we couldn't do what we do without all of you, and so we are so grateful for each of you. Um, also, I was handed this note just a minute ago. Uh, today's the 31st, but two days ago, December the 29th, we celebrated 22 years in this building. Uh, this we we moved into this building on December the 29th, 1920, 1926. <laughs> 1996. Uh, so this is our 22nd year here. How many of you were here? That day when we had a parade uh, from the downtown area led by, by Ed Brady to come out here. Stand up, everybody. Stand up, y'all. Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> now let's everybody stand up and let it, let's greet each other in the name of the Lord and just offer some New Year's cheer for each other. <laughs> 1926. 
our prayer is a little bit different today. I ran across this prayer um, not too long ago. This was a prayer written by Billy Graham for the Saturday Evening Post in 2008. So I think it still applies to us at the beginning of this new year together. So let us pray together. Our Father and our God, as we stand at the beginning of this new year, we confess our need of your presence and your guidance as we face the future. We each have our hopes and expectations for the year that is ahead of us, but you alone know what it holds for us, and only you can give us the strength and the wisdom we will need to meet its challenges. So help us to humbly put our hands into your hand and to trust you and to seek your will for our lives during this coming year. In the midst of life's uncertainties and the days ahead, assure us of the certainty of your unchanging love. In the midst of life's inevitable disappointments and heartaches, help us to turn to you for the stability and comfort we will need. In the midst of life's temptations and the pull of our stubborn self-will, help us not to lose our way, but to have the courage to do what is right in your sight, regardless of the cost. And in the, in the, in the midst of our daily preoccupi- preoccupations and pursuits, open our eyes to the sorrows and injustices of our hurting world. And help us to respond with compassion and sacrifice to those who are friendless and in need. May our constant prayer be, the, be that of the ancient psalmist. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees, then I will keep them to the end. We pray for our nation and its leaders during these difficult times and for all those who are seeking to bring peace and justice to our dangerous and troubled world. We pray especially for your protection on all those who serve in our armed forces. And we thank you for their commitment to defend our freedoms, even at the cost of their own lives. Be with their families also and assure them of your love and concern for them. Bring our divided nation together and give us a greater vision of what you would have us to be. Your word reminds us that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. As we look back over this past year, we thank you for your goodness to us, far beyond what we have deserved. May we never presume on your past goodness or forget all of your mercies to us, but may they instead lead us to repentance and to a new commitment to make you the foundation and center of our lives this year. And so, our Father, we thank you for the promise and the hope of this new year. And we look forward to it with expectancy and faith. This I ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, who by his death and resurrection has given us hope, both for this world and for the world to come. Amen.
Yes. <laughs> To say, we could, how are y'all today? Today is the last day of 2017, and one of the big things that we do looking forward to a new year is create what we call New Year's resolutions. Do you know what they are? Do you know what a resolution is? 
a resolution is something that we all can do. It doesn't matter how old you are. There are things that we, we say in our hearts or sometimes we even write them down on paper that we want to do for the next year that make us better. The um, examples are a lot of times adults will talk about their New Year's resolutions and probably one of the top two New Year's resolutions that a lot of adults will use is they want to lose weight and they want to go to exercise. That's probably the thing. And then after a few weeks, do they or do they know? Whatever. But the, the resolution is, is a good thing because it is an intention of wanting to be better. And you know, one of the things that God wants us to do in our lives is to be better. And how can we, as kids, be better? So I've come up with some ideas and some things that y'all might want to do as children to be better for 2018. And that you can create some resolutions. Do y'all have some that y'all have already thought about? Things that you want to do for 2018 that will make you better and lift you up? What are some of them? Help our families that are in need. Help families that are in need. That is a really good one. That is lifting people up, basically. And what we want to make sure our New Year's resolutions include is, is being kind to people and loving people and lifting them up. Sometimes all a friend that might need is just to say hello to them at school, just to be nice to them and be kind to them. And our God appreciates that, too. And the other thing we want to include on our New Year's resolution is remembering to pray and read our Bibles and say, Thank you. That is my message for you today is to create some New Year's resolutions and be sure that they include God. And also, we won't forget is being a part of our church family like you are this morning. Thank you, boys and girls. And it's my pleasure to start 2018 with you this morning. Okay? We can go back to our seat and we'll continue with worship.
Let us pray. Our most wonderful and gracious Heavenly Father, as we think about all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us in 2017, help us not to forget that you love us and that you care for us and you're the one that actually blessed us and that we return those blessings back to you as we give of our lives and our tithes and our offerings this morning to you. Amen. morning. Our scripture this morning comes from Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child, and if a child, then also an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord.
wonderful. Thank you, choir. This is um, one of those weird years when Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve uh, both fall on a Sunday, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I, I've run into other people that this has been the case, but for the past two weeks, uh, they have been marked by the repeated question, "What day is it?" <laughs> You know, I've just been, it's just kind of gotten me messed up. I I can't figure out what day it is. But today, of course, is New Year's Eve. And some of you are probably looking forward to ringing in the new year with friends and family. I've, I've always appreciated what Bill Vaughn had to say about New Year's. He said, youth is when you're allowed to stay up late on New Year's Eve. Middle age is when you're forced to. <laughs> And some of you will watch all of the hoopla on television tonight, and, and I like what one comedian said about that. He said, I love it when they drop the ball in Times Square. It's a nice reminder of what I did all year. That <laughs> uh, took a second, didn't it? <laughs> Well, I've dropped the ball a few times myself this year, but tomorrow begins a new year. It's a time for a new beginning, and what an appropriate time it is to be in worship when we can ask God to wipe the slate clean on all of our failures from the past year and ask for God's help in the year that is coming up. Of course, you may be like Lucy in that old Peanuts comic strip. Uh, Lucy is, is walking along the road with, with Charlie Brown, and Charlie Brown asks her, Lucy, are you going to make any New Year's resolutions? And Lucy hollers back at him, knocking him off of his feet. What? What for? What's wrong with me now? I like myself the way I am. Why should I change? What in the world is the matter with you, Charlie Brown? I'm all right the way I am. I am. I don't have to improve. How can I improve? How? I ask you, how? How? I've known some people like Lucy, haven't you? Well, I've known a few Lucys in my lifetime, and I'm sure you have as well. But, but I think most of us are aware that we need to make some improvements in our lives. Just like Nibby was telling the children just a few moments ago. Resolutions are about, about making us better. And we need to make some improvements in our lives. And I think that's universal for every single one of us. However, change is never easy, is it? Change is never easy. Even when it comes to following through with a few resolutions. I read somewhere that the top five resolutions are to get personal finances in order, lose weight, stop smoking, become more physically fit, and improve personal relationships. Some folks even decide to attend church on a regular basis. I think they're going to start next week. <laughs> I texted one of them just a little while ago. <laughs> but the fact, and you know who it is, don't you? <laughs> but the fact is that after one week, almost a quarter of us have, have bailed out on whatever it is that we resolved to do after a week. 
After a month, almost half of us have given up. And at the end of the year, only about one in five of us are still hanging in there with our resolutions. So maybe if we gained a little perspective on our lives, change would be easier. And maybe these words from the Apostle Paul will help us to to get it right in the coming year. He said, but when the set time had fully come, God sent God's Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. Because you are God's children, God sent the Spirit of God's Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are God's child, God has also made you an heir. Paul says so much in these few words that I think we need to take a few moments just to unpack these words a little bit. And the, and the first thing he says there, he talks about the fullness of time. But when the set time had fully come, God sent God's Son. The beginning of this, or really any new year, reminds us of the passage of time, doesn't it? We're, mar- we're, we're changing our calendar from one year to the next. Today, it is 2017. Tomorrow, it will be 2018. Next year, it will be 2019. It reminds us as we change our calendar from one year to the, to the next that time keeps moving along. It just keeps marching on. Calvin Miller tells about visiting an old church member when, when Miller was a young student pastor. That the man was, was near death and Miller asked him, the sick old man, and rather bluntly, really, really, he said, Ralph, do you think you'll die? And the old man replied, yes. But more important than that, I think you'll die too. Well, this remark stunned Miller. As I mean, he was in his early twenties, and the old man was well up into his eighties. And and the old man said, "As a matter of fact, I'm pretty convinced that everybody on earth is going to die. Some sooner, some later. And the only people who will really matter when the dying is done with are those who were good stewards of the time that they lived." Then the man asked his young pastor, do you know what Psalm 90 verse 12 says? And Calvin shook his head and said, no. And at this the old man recited Psalm 90 verse 12. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Then the old man said, there's not a New Year's Day that goes by that I don't quote that to myself. Teach us to number our days. Someone has said that time waits for no one. And it's true, isn't it? Time is passing for all of us. And for some of us, it seems to be moving more quickly than for others. But the question that we have today is, what are we doing with the time that we have? I heard about an old gentleman who was giving some fatherly advice to a young boy. The man told the boy the story of of the thousand marbles. 
He said, Tom, I, I know life has kept you busy for a while now, but you may end up missing out on the things that really matter if you don't get your priorities right. He said, an idea struck me one morning when I, was, when, I was, when I added up the number of Saturdays an average person who lives to the age of 75 has. And I discovered that it was 3,000 Saturdays. I did that by multiplying 75 by 52. Well, Tom was engrossed with the old man's story. See, Tom, this thought hit me when I was 56 years old, meaning that I had already spent 2,912 Saturdays, so I only had about 1,000 left, if I'm lucky enough to live to be 75. So one day I dressed up and I headed over to the toy store where I bought 1,000 marbles and placed them in a transparent container. And ever since that day, I've been taking away one marble every Saturday. As the marbles diminished, I got to see how short life really is. And I was forced to get my priorities right. Watching those marbles diminish helped me to see just how brief life can be. He said, I know these marbles will eventually all be gone. And for me, every other Saturday that comes after that, I'll count as a bonus. The old man's story made quite an impression on the, the boy. And cynically, I, could, I couldn't help but to think that this was an, an exercise in losing all your marbles. But, <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's really a healthy reminder that time is passing. Time moves on. Time flies. A new year is about to begin, and, and can there be any sadder person than one who comes to the end of life and says, my life has been wasted. I could have done so much more, so much good in this world, but now it's gone. These words remind us that, that time is passing, but when the set time had fully come, God sent God's Son. But here's the second thing that Paul reminds, of, reminds us in these words. He reminds us who we are. But when the set time had fully come, God sent God's Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as children. What greater thought can there be to take into this new year? We are the adopted sons and daughters of God. We are God's children. You know, I'm convinced that that one of the greatest problems in, in people's lives today is that they don't really know who they are. They don't realize that they're God's children. And even worse, sometimes we, have not, we are not accepted for who we are. And, and so we end up shoving our true identity into some dark corner of our lives. And how freeing it is, how liberating, liberating it is for us to realize who we are and to love ourselves for who we are. But sometimes that's hard. 
Jeff Goins compares our situation to the action film character Jason Bourne. You're familiar with the Bourne movies there. Uh, for those for those who have never seen the Bourne Identity or any of the other Bourne movies, Jason Bourne is played by Matt Damon. And Jason Bourne is a, a, a highly skilled former CIA assassin who was programmed to be a super spy. Uh, but in the process of being programmed, all of his past memories are erased. All of, the, all of his life memories are taken away from him. To paraphrase, paraphrase Jeff Goins, he is trained and equipped and destined for greatness, but with no idea who he really is. Here's Bourne's situation in his own words, uh, taken from the, the Bourne identity. He said, I can tell you the license plate, the license plate numbers of all six cars outside. I can tell you that our waitress is left-handed and the guy sitting up at the counter weighs 215 pounds and, and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun is the cab of the gray truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for a half mile before my hands start shaking. Now, why would I know that, he asks. How can I know all of that and not know who I am? And that's the question for many people today. We have so much information at our fingertips, more than any generation that has ever lived. You want to know something? Google it. Google it. We have skills, we have talents, we are able to accomplish so much in our world, in our day and time, and yet so many of us don't really know who they are. And because of that, they live flat and meaningless lives. In John's first epistle, he writes, Dear friends, now we are sons and daughters of God, and what we, what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Or as Paul writes in our lesson for today, But when the set time had fully come, God sent God's Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as children. My friends, that is the good news that everyone on earth can celebrate, regardless of what their life is like. We are God's children. Author Selena Duncan tells about a Good Friday service that she attended with her grandson, Luca. Uh, Luca at the time was 10 years old, and Luca has Down syndrome. During the Good Friday service, each time after various people would read some scripture and, and gave a brief devotional, the, the congregation would sing, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, between every scripture reading and, and devotional. Well, after about the fourth time of singing this, this refrain, Luca, who, who loves music, substituted these words. Jesus, remember Luca Hyde when you come into your kingdom. Duncan says that she, she stopped singing and, and tears welled up in her eyes. She said, to Luca, this was no longer just a song, but it was a whisper of God speaking to his soul. 
Jesus, remember Luca Hyde when you come into your kingdom. Folks, wouldn't it be wonderful if each of us knew the depth of God's love for us and that God has already received us into God's kingdom? Wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody realized that, recognized that, and, and, and realized who we are? Do you know who you are? You're a child of God. And you need to remember that. Say it with me. I'm a child of God. Come on. I'm a child of God. Let it sink in. We are children of God. Author uh, Steve McVeigh says it another way. He, he says that we are God's work of art. He cites Ephesians 2 verse 10 which says we are God's workmanship created in Jesus Christ. And, and he makes note that the word workmanship here is, is the Greek word poema from which we get the word poem. And so he goes on to say that God has made you to be a heavenly piece of poetry here on earth. I like that. Do you know who you are as we begin this new year together? We are children of God, redeemed by God's own Son. And we need to know that. And other people ought to see that in how we live our lives. Because we are children of God, it should become evident in the way we live our lives. There's a great story about the famous playwright Arthur Miller. It seems that Miller was sitting alone in a bar one night when he was approached by an especially well-dressed gentleman. And the gentleman came up to him and asked, Aren't you Arthur Miller? And Miller responded, Why, yes, I am. And the man asked, Don't you remember me? And hesitantly, Miller replied, Well, your face does seem familiar. And then the man declared, Why, Art, I'm your old buddy Sam. We went to high school together. We used to double date together. And, and Miller still couldn't place him, but, but Sam continued his conversation with Arthur Miller. He said, I guess you can see that I've done all right for myself. I own a, a chain of department stores. And he said, what about you, Art? What do you do? And Miller said, well, I write. What do you write? The man asked. Plays mostly. He said, would I know any of them? The man asked, and, the, and Miller responded, well, have you ever heard of death of a salesman? And Sam's mouth fell open. His face drained of color, and he stood there speechless for a moment, and then he cried out, why, you're Arthur Miller! <laughs> His old friend Sam didn't really know who Arthur Miller was until he knew what Arthur Miller had done with his life. And guess what, folks? That's true of us, too. And wouldn't it be wonderful to, to run into some old friend who was familiar with 
with our life's work and have them say to us, why, you're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. I can see it. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in the way you live your life. I can see it in your love for others. I can see it when, when others try to intimidate you and you return their hostility for love. I can see it in your good works for our community. I can see it in the way you treat your family. I, I know who you are. You're a child of God. My friends, I, I think I think that it's good as we say goodbye to 2017 and as we welcome in the year of our Lord 2018. I think it's good that we are reminded how quickly time passes and how important it is that we make good use of our time. And it is also good to be reminded of who we are. We are children of God. Hopefully people will know that we are children of God by the way we live. Compassionate, embracing, welcoming, forgiving, loving lives. Just like Jesus did. So, Happy New Year's, everyone. May it be filled with an awareness of who you really are. Amen. Let us sing our closing hymn, Guide My Feet, number 637. And may this be our prayer as we begin a new year together.
seated for just a moment. Did you pick that, that hymn out particularly for today? <laughs> we don't want to run this race in vain. You know, that just goes right along with what I've been, what I've been preaching about today. And, uh, but I'm not going to start another sermon, so you're, you're off the hook. But... We have some celebrating to do today because uh, Sharon Crafton has come to unite with our church this morning. Uh, (laughs) Sharon has uh, been hanging around here a while, and uh, a few months she's been hanging around here a little while, and um, and she feels like she's found a home here, and uh, and I think we all can agree that uh, that this is a home for all of us and it's a home for her um, and we are grateful that you have come to uh, officially join us and to uh, she's moving her membership from another church to our church today and uh, we are so grateful for that and I hope that you will join me in welcoming Sharon uh, to our congregation by raising your hand and saying amen amen, amen. amen. Sharon, I don't know if you've been around while long enough to know this or not, but this is something I do every time somebody joins a church. And that is, I say to you, we are family here. We are all family, and we are all ministers here because we take care of each other. We also take care of those people out there. And so we have responsibilities to one another. We have responsibilities um, to our, our world, to the people in our world. And so we look forward to the days ahead as we minister to you and as you minister to us. So we look forward to that and we welcome you into our family. I will uh, ask Sharon to come with me after the service and stand at the door and uh, you can shake her hand and welcome her to our fellowship. Now let us stand for our benediction. Lord, as we stand at the brink of this new year, we offer to you our lives. Come, take our voices that the words we speak may be filled with encouragement and goodness. Come, take our hands that the work that they create may be generous and giving. Come and take our feet that the journeys we walk will be led by your Spirit. And come take our lives, O Lord, for we love your goodness, we love your kindness, and we love your guiding spirit. Help us to follow you all throughout this year to come. Surround us with your loving arms of comfort and peace. Amen.